0: Welcome to Hockey Prospect Radio, your voice for prospect news and analysis on SiriusXM NHL Network Radio. Now, here's your hosts, Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. This is hour two in Junior Prospect Hockey League, Western Canada's newest developmental stream for student athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level at juniorprospecthockeyleague.com or speak with Patrick Williams. HL correspondent for nhL.com and hl.com we're going to talk about some HL rookies as always and Patrick I always like the fact when you get an undrafted rookie in the American League who comes out and makes a bit of a splash for himself and gets himself noticed so full kudos to Logan Morrison he's with Coachella, Coachella Valley Firebirds Seattle Seattle uh, farm team and he had a very good junior career excellent junior career. Hamilton uh, last part with Ottawa 67s. And most of the time you think that they're going to come in plays a 20 and just sort of, you know, work their way into the American hockey league. But he didn't do that. He's got 11 points in 15 games. Now for some of the audience members who don't you know watch the American hockey league on a regular basis, when a, and I know it's only 15 games, but when a rookie put ups, puts up those kind of numbers, that makes you like stand up and take notice, go yep. what's going on there. Because that's actually, you know, really impressive production for a young player.
1: Yeah, you know, I think, you know, I mean, there's a lot of misconceptions, misperceptions about, um, about the HL and kind of what it's about and what the skill level is and, and all that. But I think first and foremost, man, it's a league that just grinds, you know, like, yeah, there are no easy games. Like every single guy is either, you know, either trying to get to the NHL or they're trying to stay in the HL. So everybody has everybody has certain agenda there right you know like sometimes the guy's trying to stay in the HL or every you know even more driven than the guy's trying to get to the NHL because you know the HL is you know that's a nice life comparative it's a nice life as opposed to like going back to the ECHL and having to really grind even more that much more so like yeah a guy coming in like Morrison's interesting because he's 21 right so In a way, he's an overage player, but he's not because he missed that COVID year back in uh, 2021. So, you know, he's a little bit uh, kind of, you know, we've we've talked about this before, kind of that interesting case of, um, you know, that that, that class that was kind of, especially the OHL. Disrupted. That was disrupted, right? So, you know, he's not your typical 20-year-old rookie, but he's... In a way he's not your typical overager as well. So uh I love that he's been able to come in to Coachella Valley. You're really good setup there. You have Dan Bob's my running the show there as head coach. Um, real good support staff, good resources. Um, and this is what Seattle's doing. I mean, they're 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 finding some of those you know undrafted players. Ty Cartier, uh, I mean they have to kind of the, yeah. the the classic example of that, somebody we've discussed in the past, came in as an undrafted player from the OHL and had a monster year, 28 goals last season. Uh, got, uh, obviously, time with the Seattle Kraken in the playoffs, no less. Had a, had a real good, uh, you know, run to the you know game seven of the finals. So, you know, that's how kind of Seattle's supplementing, you know, only having a couple of draft classes so far. You can find players, you know, elsewhere, you know, and, and start to really, uh, you know, bolster that, 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 uh, that base of prospects uh, that you need to have.
0: Let's talk about Brett Berard. In With yeah. the Hartford Wolfpack and coming out of Providence College, played, you know, three years, was with the U.S. National De- Development Program for two years prior to that. He's 21, um just turned 21, actually, in September. So coming in, you know, he's a smaller player, diminutive, but highly skilled, intelligent. And we know it's such a grind in the American League. It's not a, yeah. you know, I- I'm not saying that it's all grind because there's tons of skill there but it's not a league for the faint of heart. And if you're a smaller player, it's a great testing ground. So if you can survive the American league, you should be able to survive the NHL.
1: Yeah. And it, you know, it's not, it's not like the American league of the past where, you know, it was a grind in a much different way where, you know, you yeah. know just yeah, every team was just loaded with heavyweights and, you know, every, every night was going to be just an absolute, um, you know, punishing, um, you know, evening for any player you know whether or not you were a fighter this is a little different now this is just more just you know tight heavy checking a lot of board play a lot of that that grinding style uh, the schedules of the, you know demanding Hartford you know being where they are in Eastern Conference you're trying kind to of get a lot of those three and fours three and three so uh, the schedule there obviously um, quite a bit different from what you would have faced in college you know like um, so, a guy like Gerard, you know, he's only 21, but, you know, he already had three years at Providence behind him. So, you know, he got into that uh, that college world early as, as an 18 year old. Kind of, yeah. you know, a little a tough bit conference, of conference hockey. East, yeah. Like some bigger players,
0: you know, playing against some sure. bigger, stronger, faster players that are 21, 22, 23 as an 18 or 19 year old.
1: Yeah. And you know what? You know what I like about him coming into Hartford now? Like for, for a long time for the Rangers. Hartford was kind of this like this no man's land, right? There weren't really prospects, there weren't really vets enough, at least not enough vets. So they were neither really developing nor winning, right? So I mean ideally you're you know, let's say like a Syracuse for Tampa, you're doing both. You know, that's what Syracuse did for years and years. Um Hartford was kind of the opposite, you know, it's just kind of a this like this no man's land and um, Finally, uh, the last couple of years, they've really started to put some good young talent in there. You know, for example, you know, this year you have Brendan Hoffman. Last year you had Will Cauley, now you have Brett Barard. you have Dylan Grant. You know, you're starting to see some some, some talent percolating in that system. And uh, up until a couple of weeks ago, Chris Knobloch was obviously there. You know, now it's over to Steve Smith as the interim. Uh, but yeah, for a guy like Berard, uh coming in. Um, again, a lot like Morrison, um, you're, you're seeing some early encouraging times and I like a player, I said this before, I like a player getting some early success behind them, you know, like, um, you know, points wise, because I think that helps the rest of the message kind of, you know, it's easier to swallow, player, right. Like it's easier to swallow, right? Like it's tough to sell that message of, you know, you know, doing all that kind of that the dirty work that, you know, the two-way game, all that kind of stuff, it, you know, play, players need some of that positive reinforcement as well. So so I like early on what uh, what he's getting uh, and what he's giving there in Hartford.
0: Let's chat about Colton Dock as well. You know, yeah. interesting because he didn't play a lot of games last year. Obviously, he split between Kelowna and Seattle and got into the playoff run with Seattle and, you know, four games at the World Juniors, but he missed some quite a bit of time. Comparatively. Yeah. And I wasn't sure how that was going to impact him coming into the American hockey league, just in terms of reps, but he's yeah. got 11 games so far with Rockford and he's got 10 points. You know, like now he's, thankfully he's a big kid. He's six, four is 200 pounds. So he's got some size to him, Yeah, but that's like almost a point a game is actually really impressive. I just don't want, I don't want to just talk about points, but I mean, like based on what happened to him last year, and then him coming in and just like it's I don't want to say it was seamless, but yeah boy, like watching him play, it's just like, oh, he looks like he's been there a couple of years.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, right? Like so he was, you know, a four year player in the in the WHO, but you know, the second year was the pandemic year. So, you know, he only played I think around twenty, 20 games. games or so. Um, then he um his final year he had the shoulder injury. Um, that just what gets disrupted now I think for good thing for him was he was able to come back for the playoffs yeah. after that trade over to Seattle gotta have a good finish to things you know and got you know some very valuable experience you know in a year that you know in a lot of ways was it was was heavily disrupted right you know he only had played you know 20 something games um, the regular season with that injury. So then he comes in. He gets injured in training camp with Chicago. It's just like one thing after another. and an ankle injury. uh, Missed, you know, around the first three or so weeks of the AHL season. Came back, though, and just right off the bat, um, really kind of hit, you know, hit the ground running with Rockford. You know, that's a a team. Obviously, the Blackhawks are are counting on um, to really churn out some young talent. Um, Doc, obviously, as a second-round pick is is a key part of that. So, um, early on, yeah, encouraging, um, you know, I, I think with any young player now, I want to see him just play a good full season, right? Like, especially after last year, having so much, you know, of, uh, that disruption, I want to see him, you know, you know, play a full year, go on a good playoff run, uh, really get some games under his belt. I think more than anything he needs to play. Uh, I think if he can do that, um, you know, I think if the Blackhawks can leave him in Rockford, um, let him play. You know, I think that's what the Hawks did. Like, that was their goal signing some of those vets was to avoid not having to rush players in, right? You know, I think that was a smart move, you know, in terms of uh, kind of a long-term plan. Doc, I think ideally he stays in Rockford for the year. Maybe you give him a taste here and there of the NHL, you know, depending on how he plays. But, you know, for the most part, you want him there, you know, playing. I want to see him play 15, 20 minutes a night, uh, take on different roles, and then obviously go on a good playoff run
0: hundred percent. And I like seeing guys play a couple years in the American league and get and yeah. taste, but you know, just they got to be the man in a bunch of different situations before you can jump up from that standpoint. Once again, Patrick, great stuff on AHL rookies. We're going to take a short break on hockey prospect radio, but we'll be back right after this. Every play, every stat, every breakdown on their own, they're essential, but altogether they're undeniable.
1: Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca.